welcome to my podcast. I am your regular host, the Lost Brother, Apostle James Opabi, transfiguring the world by the word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many. Praise the Lord. If you notice, you will see that our signature tune has changed. Also, the background tune has changed. All you have now are our songs that God gave to us. Before ever God brought us out here, God had already prepared us in humility. We have our song, we have our worship, we have our music by the grace of God. The little that we can. But we want you to be part of us. We need your support by every means possible. Praise the Lord. This particular intro here is Precious Jesus. Amen. It's a powerful song that God gave me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So we just use it and then we use it and continue to use it to worship. It is used for your personal worship and use it for personal worship. We trust God that God will build you up. We are still talking about prayers. We are still talking about prayers. We are still talking about prayer. This is the season of prayers. May all always to pray and not to faint. What did Jesus really mean by that? That may all always to pray and not to faint. Amen. And then Jesus said also at the end of that particular you know, narration on the parable there, that may all those pray and not to faint. And then he said, that when he, the summer shall come, he will answer them speedily. He will answer speedily. What does Jesus mean by answering speedily? And they may all to pray and not to faint. So these episodes help us to understand the spirit of prayer. So this is the spirit of prayer that we are talking about. Amen. This is the spirit of prayer. Spirit of prayer. Spirit of prayer. That's what Jesus declared in that place. We need to receive the spirit of prayer as at this time. Praise the Lord. Have a listening. Just listen and God will surely bless your life. In Jesus' name. Don't forget, I am your regular host, the Lord's brother, Apostle James Sokpabi, transfiguring the word by the word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many. God bless you. Surely the Lord must have begun answering your prayers or have given you signs of how wonderful this year is going to be. It is going to be a great year. Somebody will be brought to the front rows. Somebody will be discovered this year. You know in the immediate past episode we discovered how Nehemiah was discovered. <laughs> After he did not faint in fasting, prayers and mourning, for the city of his ancestors and tarried in prayers from December to April. We discovered that when God answered him, he answered him speedily, granting him favor over and above. In fact, God gave him such speed that the vision was completed in such record days, 52 days, against all us. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is going to give you speed this year. What takes 50 weeks? to achieve we take you 50 days to achieve <laughs> look what i'm talking about is that what takes 52 weeks to achieve we take you 52 days to achieve amen hallelujah amen huh? what takes 50 hours eh, to achieve we take you 50 minutes what takes 52 hours to achieve we take you 52 minutes to achieve you know, you know that God gave him so much speed that it took 52, 52 days to complete the wall of Jerusalem. But this was a man that waited on the Lord. God is going to give you speed. Amen. 
God is going to give us speed. God is giving you speed this year. Hallelujah. Because Jesus said that when you pray and you don't faint, then He will answer you speedily. He didn't faint for four months and God answered you speedily. What takes 52 minutes will take you 52 seconds to achieve. Amen. Glory to God. And that connects us to the conclusion of this series on the spirit of prayer. It connects us to Elijah, the one of the characters that God suffered long, but did not faint. Elijah did not faint. And they are going to understand. In fact, you know that he did that campaign with empty stomach. You are going to understand as we progress. This was a man that the Reverend fed morning and evening. Huh? And then later, the widow took care of him. Within a period of three years, both the Reverend and then the widow took care of him. But God then told him to get up and go and do something. He connects us to him. And then you will see why Elijah was hungry afterwards. Because why was he hungry afterwards in chapter 19 of First King? Because he did a campaign with empty, empty stomach. Amen. He didn't faint. I say Elijah did not faint. I get what I'm talking about. Of course, God rewarded him by taking him up. You know, taking him up alive to heaven and rapturing him. You know, there were so many benefits, so much benefit. God gave him speed and gave him rapture before even the rapture took place in the New Testament. <laughs> God is going to give somebody speed. Don't mind what is going on. You might be going through, through oppression and through hardship, through difficulties, even with empty stomach. Just don't mind. Just go on ahead. You might be out of school. Don't mind. Just go on ahead. Trust the Lord. I say, if you pray and faint not, God is going to give you speed. And I'm prophesying that God is going to give somebody speed. God gave Nehemiah speed. God gave him speed. He used 52 days to build the wall of Jerusalem. After he had mourned, prayed, fasted for the city of his father for a period of four months, if you like, or five months, December, January, February, March, April. If it is from December 1st to April, you know, 30th, it was five months. If it is from December to April 1st, four months. So between four months and five months of waiting on the Lord, of praying, but when God began to walk, it was with speed. This is what God is going to do. Don't mind your setbacks. Don't mind the situations you have been. Just go on ahead and trust the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Something fantastic is surely going to take place in your life. Amen. So the speed that God gave to Nehemiah connects us to the last of the series in this episode on the spirit of prayer. Amen. You know that the last of the miracles of Mount Camel contest was Elijah's overtaking the chariot of the king by foot. <laughs> God gave him speed. Yeah, because when God will answer you, God will answer you speedily. I want you to understand as we get into the introduction of this. Amen. This is just the introduction we are talking about now. Praise God. Amen. So, with the hand of the Lord upon him, the hand of the Lord will come upon you. And there's going to be overtaken. Don't mind the situation. Don't mind things. I know what I'm talking about. Just believe God and trust God. God is going to give somebody speed. God gave me prophetic utterance and said, What took 52 weeks will take you 52 months. In fact, what you never achieved, what you never achieved, eh? what you never achieved in 52 years, you are going to achieve it in 52 weeks. 
No, did I say 52 months? No, I'm not talking about 50 months. God didn't tell me about 52 months. God told me about 52, maximum 52 weeks. What you did not achieve in 52 years for some, you will achieve in 52 weeks of this year. Praise the Lord. Whether heaven will fall for your sake, it will fall. Or if the ground will open for your sake and swallow the earth and swallow the ground and swallow everything, it will happen for your sake. Believe in what I'm saying. Maybe you have not been praying, but connect onto this prayer. Connect onto it and God is going to do something. Believe God with me. The mistakes that you made, the errors and stuff that area that covered you, something supernatural will happen to you this year. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Just thinking about it, think about how that Elijah overtook the chariot of the king by foot with the hand of God upon him. Eh? That was the fattest chariot in the land. You understand? It was the fastest chariot in the land. The, the chariot of the king must be the fastest chariot in the land. You, you get it? So he overtook the chariot of the king. Eh? He overtook the chariot of the king who knew only how to eat. <laughs> When the universal prophet bent his knees, that's how God is going to do it. When people are eating, you are praying. When God begins to bless you, you become an overtaker. Believe God in what I am saying. This thing is coming. Don't give up. Amen. Just don't worry. Keep your knees bent. The hand of the Lord will come upon you. Amen. God's hand will surely come upon your life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I say you are going to achieve what you did not achieve for 52 years. It may not apply to so many people, but I know what I'm talking about. That's what God said to me to say to you, to say to somebody. Huh? You think that you did not achieve your vision over the past 52 years. Don't worry. This year, in 52 weeks, you will have speed and you will accomplish one of the wonders of your lifetime and generations after praise the lord amen hallelujah but you know what before elijah got to that point of overtaking king ahab and his chariots there were other crucial things that took place the revelation of the scriptures teach us the meaning of the lord's seemingly contradictory statement in luke chapter 18 verse 1 and verse 8 verse 7 and 8 you know it, you know look at what the lord said in luke chapter 18 verse 1 and verse 7 and verse 8 they look very contradicting he says and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint and then he gave the parable of the widow and the, unju the unjust judge and the widow how that the widow troubled the unjust judge and then he said in verse 7 and shall not god avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him though he bear them he bear long with them i tell you that he will avenge them speedily nevertheless when the son of man cometh shall he find faith on the earth it looks contradicting. If it does, it does to me. Because he says, you pray, you faint not. And then he bears you long. And you pray night and day. 
the way he answers you, he answer you speedily. When he answers, he will spot answer speedily. Verse 1. Pray and faint not. Meaning that prayer for any particular thing is not just a one-off thing. It's not a one-off thing. You know, I saw this also in the sacrifice when Elijah said, pour water again and pour water again and pour water again. It's not a one-off thing. We'll get to that. By the time we we'll get into that aspect, just be patient and listen to this. It doesn't matter when it takes an hour and a half. Listen to this teaching. It's going to change your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't walk out on God. You see, when Jesus said, pray and faint not, it means that prayer for any particular thing is not just a one-off thing. It means that in the process of prayers, discouragements, just to say, and many incidences will be unleashed to cause you to give up. Jesus gave that illustration of delayed answer. And that is very serious. This is why we say that this particular portion of the scripture gives us the spirit of prayer, which is persistence. Jesus was talking about the spirit of prayer because prayer is not a one-off thing. It's not, I gave an instance. You know how you, I came out, lay hands, and then, you know, my daughter was here, somebody was here. That is not what we are talking about. The prayers that Jesus prayed that made him to heal the people is the one that Bible says that all the days of his life, he cried with strong cries. Jesus never cried with strong cries in the open except when he was going to the tomb of Lazarus to raise him. And if you understand, he said, Father, I thank you for always heard me. And you've already heard me. But for the sake of the people here, which means within the four days that Jesus did not go, he was praying for that miracle. And God already heard him. There is a difference between public prayer and then the prayer that you do in the closet. We are talking about the secret chamber, the prayer you do in the closet. That is what we are talking about. We are not talking about public prayer. You will see the public prayer when we talk about Elijah as we are moving. We are talking about the prayer you spend time with God alone. That is what we are talking about this year. We are talking about the spirit of prayer returning back upon us. That which you spend time with God. Persistence. When you say no, like Elijah said no, and said I must see, you know, I must see the rain. The first time we are coming to that. Praise the Lord. You know that in the Lord interpreting his own parable of the persistence of the widow against that wicked judge because that place summarizes persistence. Jesus was teaching our persistence, telling us that prayer is all about persistence. Huh? Against that wicked judge that feared neither God or man, but wearing down that wicked judge, the widow wearing down that wicked judge. Remember, she was just a widow. But her only weapon was prayer. I want you to understand this. She was just a widow. You know the implication of being a widow. There was no man by her side. She had no person by her side. I don't want to get into so many commentaries about widowhood in the land of Israel. No, I don't want to get into that. But she was a widow. And then there was no person. But her only weapon was her persistence. You may have no person, but your only weapon is your prayer. Your only weapon is your prayer. Maybe you've not come to a point in your life that things have become so tight. And your only weapon is your prayer. 
Her only weapon was prayer. Her only weapon was to insist for justice. Her only weapon was to disturb the judge, the wicked judge, and then the wicked judge succumbed. Let me tell you honestly, it often baffles me to the extent that the Lord went with this illustration to tell all the potency of prayers, lightening our delayed experience with our loving father to that of a wicked judge that he is not. You know that kind of a thing? Then look at that verse 7. And then he says, Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? You see, God will avenge his own elect, which cry to him day and night, though he bear them long. I do not know why our God always bore his people long, but I think we can find the reason. We can find the reason in the study today. That is what the Lord tells us. He bears us long. And that is the way of God. Is the way of God. He bears us long. Is the way of God. We saw it with Nehemiah. We have seen it. We have seen how furious Elisha was with King Joash for not persisting a little more than three times. To five or six times doing Elisha prophetic action of smiting the arrow on the ground for just extra two or three times and the king would have had permanent and eternal victory over Syria. He would have exterminated Syria, sent them to the dustbin of history. But he had only temporary victory. Temporary victory because instead of five or six days prayers, he stopped just after three days. Temporary victory because instead of 19 days of prayers, instead of 21 days of prayer, he stopped on the 20th day. Temporary victory. You had an agreement with God to go for 21 days, but on the 20th day, you cut it off. Temporary victory. Whereas he would have had, he would have had breakthrough for 40 years, eternal years, in one year, if only he had prayed for only extra two days, just two more days, just two more days, just two more days, come on, complete that strike. That was the famous title, you know, I gave it a long time, a long time ago as a prayer leader. Go open the eyes of many by it, complete the strike. Maybe you cut off your fasting and praying project with God already. Return right now and complete the strike. Complete that strike. Complete the strike. But the topic here now is not complete the strike. We are talking about the spirit of prayer. Anyway, if you want to call it complete the strike, you complete the strike. If it is what has caught your attention, complete the strike. But this is what the spirit of prayer. Praise the Lord. We are talking about restoring the spirit of prayer. It is persistence. Amen. Jesus said, pray and faint not. Amen. Complete the strike. Don't faint. Complete the strike. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. That is the spirit of prayer. Satan knows this. And we do everything possible to cut it off. Jesus tells us that prayer is not a casual business. He said, not a casual business. You know, we said in one of the episodes that prayer needs to be begun on time. That is what Jesus means here. You are going to see how this thing connects with Elijah. 
Hosea chapter 5 from verse 14, 15 tells us, he said, For I will be unto Ephraim as a lion, and as a young lion to the house of Judah. I, even I, will tear and go away. I will take away and not shall rescue him. I will go and return to my place. Did they acknowledge their offense and seek my face? In the affliction, they will seek me early. They will seek me early. This is my interest. I'm coming here. Seeking the Lord early. Very vital. You are going to see it in the life of Elijah. What it means. Hallelujah. Seeking God early. Jeremiah chapter 29 from verse 12 Then shall ye call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you verse 13 And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search me with all your heart Then I will turn away your captivity I will be found of you. Then turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. Verse 17, Proverbs chapter 8. I love them that love me. Those that seek me early shall find me. I like that. Isaiah 55 verse 6 Seek ye the Lord while he may be found Call ye upon him while he is near Amen Beloved when we need wonders from God We need to rise up and seek him early This is why it is very important to begin early As we seek him we do not faint But I want you to assure, assure us That God will not bear you too long for all of you that have been in depth of prayers with God this year, this early, remember early blessings. Maybe you need to revisit that episode. Early blessings. God loves those, according to Proverbs 8:17. God loves those that seek Him early. I love that scripture. Proverbs chapter 8:17. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Isaiah 55, 6, 13. Seek the Lord why he may be found. Call upon him why he is near. Praise God. I love those that love me. And they that seek me shall find me. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. When God finally answers, after bearing us long in prayers, Jesus tells us that he answers speedily. Verse 8, Luke chapter 18. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Looks ironical, isn't it? You begin to see God early. You persevere. He bears you long. He bears us long. But he answers speedily. <laughs> I love that. I just pray God will show you what I'm talking about. It means that prayer is not an ordinary thing. Prayer is not a one-off thing. That is to tell us that there is a difference between instant and speedily. God most times answers speedily, not just instantly. There are many reasons for this. 
We have so many examples all over the Old Testament. It took Noah about 100 years to prepare for his deliverance. It took Abraham at least 15 years between the time God gave him the promise for a child from his loins in Genesis 15 and the time Isaac was born in Genesis 21. By then he was already 100 years old. We know this because in Genesis 6, when Sarah, Abraham's wife, you know, took Agar Hamed and then the Egyptian and gave to Abraham. They had, they had dwelt in the land of Canaan for 10 years. That meant he was 85 years old then. But the seed of promise finally came. In his 100th year, God bore him long, at least for 15 years, to be on the my side. But if you like a century, and Romans 4 tells us against hope, he believed in hope. God bore him long before God gave him the child. But when after God gave him the child, you and I were the product. Praise God. God bore Jacob long before giving him you know, a child from Rachel. You can listen to the episode on the consequences of unnecessary desperation and when not to make decisions to refresh your spirit. After all the desperation of Rachel, superstition, and giving up her right, which opened up the womb of Leah again. You know that Leah has ceased to bear any time until Rachel, you know, went and said, give me the mandrake. The mandrake that one of the children of Leah brought eh, to, you know, brought you know, to, 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 uh, to Leah. And then she threaded it because she believed that mandrake will make her to conceive. And then that night, Bible says that Leah has ceased to bear a child. But that night, God opened her womb. It was a night that was meant for Rachel. Go back and then, and then and listen to the consequences of uh, uh, unnecessary desperation and when not to take decisions that we have given in these episodes, in the, in, 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 the, in the episodes, and then you will understand and refresh yourself. Amen. Seek God early. But you know, in verse 22 of Genesis chapter 30, Bible says, And God remembered Rachel, and hearkened unto her, and opened her womb. After wasting all her time, in desperation and all rest, she now saw the Lord. She didn't begin early to seek God. Children should begin early to seek God. As a child, you begin to pray for your future. Don't wait until you marry for you to begin to pray for your children. Don't wait until the husband comes until you begin to pray for your children. Don't wait until the wife comes until you begin to pray for your children. Don't wait until you have gone through school to pray for your home. Seek God early and don't give up. Don't faint. When God will answer you, when the hour comes, it will be speedily. Amen. Seek God early. So let's connect to, to, to Elijah that we began with. Let's connect to Elijah. Huh? Because you will see why did God move Elijah to begin early. You will see God moved Elijah to begin early to prepare. And that will solve the seeming discrepancies that we have 
in first king chapter 18 verse 1 on the one hand and luke chapter 4 25 and james chapter 5 verse 17 on the other hand you know many have said that there is discrepancy there is none as i'm going to explain it is because god is god of plan and god of early beginning god plans things when god wants to give you rain god begins on time if god tells you i am going to make i have made you a millionaire not i'm going to make you a millionaire if god says i have blessed you there is a process did you hear what i said i said when god says i have blessed you there is a process what god has just done is to put you in the process but you say many times god says he says I, I i have blessed you and then you fold your hand and you never arrive at the process are you getting what i'm saying now look at this first king chapter 18 verse 1 says and it came to pass after many days that the word of the lord came to elijah in the third year saying go show thyself unto ahab and i will send rain upon the earth in the third year whereas luke 4 25 and james 5 17 tell us respectively but i tell you of a truth this is jesus speaking in luke 4 25 i tell you of a truth many widows were in israel in the days of elias when the heaven was shut off three years and six months when great famine was throughout all the land luke 5 James chapter 5 verse 17 Elias was a man subject to life passions as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months you know in the epilogue of the last episode on the spirit of prayer I promise to explain this seeming discrepancy because it will give us the meaning of praying and not fainting remember i have already said he did this with empty stomach that was why he was very hungry god knew that the problem of elijah after he had finished destroying the prophets of baal and of the groove uh, of the grove the Jezebel's uh, personal prophets that they are 400 and they have school 450 so combined 850 after he finished destroying them and then Jezebel threatened him he ran away ask the question where was Jezebel when Elijah boldly confronted as you are going to see now where was Jezebel so he ran away because he had finished what he was doing God knew that the problem of Elijah at that time was hunger. So when he said, I want to die, God woke him up and said, my friend, just get up. Eh? And angel prepared food and gave him. You look at the process that God took care of Elijah. Reverend fed him. After Reverend had finished feeding him, then the widow fed him. After a widow, then angel fed him. Let me tell you, if there is no person, God will do it supernaturally with elements. Amen. I'm telling you what will happen. You believe God. And God used useless things. Reverend is an unclean animal. And God used Reverend an unclean bed to feed Elijah. When the brook dried, 
Then God used a widow, a widow, a widow, a widow, a widow to take care of him. So the way God will take care of you is not yet done. It's not yet understood. Now you are going to understand why that the Bible says that uh, Eli, uh, um, John came after the order of uh, uh, Elijah. And if he came after the order of Elijah and he ate locusts and white eh, honey, then you understand what Elijah did. What was his food? Eh? Between the time that God spoke to him that he was going to give rain. Beloved, to give birth to rain where the heaven has ceased, it takes a process. That's why Jesus said, faint not. Beloved, to give birth to divine program takes a process. You know that Joseph of Mary, the Bible says that he did not meet with Mary until that child was born. He didn't meet nine months. He didn't meet with Mary until Christ was born. Huh? I don't want to talk about Moses. You know the story. But we are talking about giving birth to a nation. We are talking about giving birth to a ministry. We are talking about giving billions. God has promised you are going to be a billionaire. You're going to be a millionaire. You're going to be a trillionaire. And then you think it will come just like that. There's a process. When God promises you, he push you in the process. And the process could be with empty stomach. Like Elijah for six months. It took God six months for him to use Elijah to prepare for the rain. And Elijah did not faint with empty stomach for six months. That's why that first King chapter 18 verse 1 says, In the third year, God said, Go and show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain. And then Luke 4 25, after three years and six months, then the, the, the famine was broken. And then Elijah, a man of like passion, after three years and six months, he came. So the process of showing himself to, the, to Ahab, the process of doing everything that we are going to see, it took six months of praying and not fainting. It took six months of preparation. It took six months of confrontation with the power of darkness to assuage God, for God to bring forth rain. It does not come overnight. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is a systematic God. And that is why he wakes us up early. To give rain that he promised. He had to wake Elijah up early. He was going to give rain. But he had to deal with the problems that warranted the drought and famine. Most of the time, we don't deal with the problem that brought us into problem. We don't deal with it. And you are praying for blessing. It doesn't come that way. It does not come that way. We've got to learn how to pray and bow down our knees. And bow our knees. Child, bow down your knees. And say, God, to reconsecrate your life. Now, let's, let, let's get into that. You know, God aroused Elijah because he's a systematic God. He need to deal with the problem that warranted the drought. So Elijah had to begin the preparation for the rain. Your rain, you must prepare for the rain. For the rain this year. For the rain eternally. 
I know you have gone through hell for many years, 10 years, 12 years. I'm talking to somebody and you know yourself. For 10 years, for 12 years, you've gone backwards. But this year, God is going to take you. It's going to cause you to overtake. Those are already have chariots. Oh, sombako yabakasuka yamakasokoto. Amen. So God arise Elijah his servant. I say, go and show yourself to Ahab. And then I will send rain. Huh? That was the third year. And the rain finally came after six months. And that six months he was eating locusts and white honey. Are you getting it? So you now understand the true meaning of seeking God early. Huh? Well, are we saying that God does not give instant miracles? No. He does. He did not create the universe in a process. He said, let there be. It was instantly. Uh, but let me tell us something. God has the power to do it. And he still does this. However, he has a principle. Do you know after God created the universe, when God wanted to do something again, he said to the fruit, you shall bear and, pro, and, and you know, three, give, three, multiply, fish multiply. He put a process. He said that the seed of the woman eh, will brew the head of the serpent. It was a process. When his son was to come into the world, he came through a process. Process of conception. Process of pregnancy. Eh? And process of getting back, giving birth to. And then went through the process. Why didn't God just come down that way as an angel? Come down as, as God? No. He went through process. Redemption is a process. And then he did not give up. God had to protect his child. And then look at what this guy labored by night. He said, Take up the child, Mary. Take up the child and the mother. And then and flee to Egypt. For Herod will seek to destroy the child. There's a process. And then he protected that child. Amen. When God is going to give you blessing in the natural, there's a process. Most of the time, when we get a vision, God is putting us into the process of prayer to give birth to the vision. Most of the time, when you read the Bible, and you get the meaning. That is when the process begins. That's what happened to Daniel. We saw it the other day. He was reading the Bible. And then I saw the promise of God. Then he set his face to pray. Did Daniel himself even come out of the captivity? Daniel himself didn't return. The Bible did not tell us that he returned from the captivity. But Daniel saw it and prayed it. And then God began to do something in the process. Amen. So God is a God of process. When God gives you a promise, you must begin early to see God. This is what we are doing. That you begin early. Maybe you cut it off. Return. Amen. Maybe you cut off your, your consecration. Return. Return again. Return unto God. There are processes to go through in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God is a God of principle. Between the time the prayer begins, at the time of answer, there are necessary things that God expects his own to do. This is why he bears them long. So that they will be able to put themselves back in order. And this is what we find typically with Elijah and the children of Israel. Remember the meaning of Elijah. Elijah is mean whose God is Jehovah or Jehovah God or, or Jehovah is God. Do you understand that? Now we're not getting to the theology of Elijah. When we talk about uh, the journey to Cherith and Seraphet, we will talk about it, or you can read it from our uh, reading from Heavenly Voice. If you don't have the Heavenly Voice, you can you can alert us 
you know send us a mail if you need it and then we'll give you a copy but it is going to come into the podcast in one of the days when god wants it to comfort amen when the time comes then you understand the meaning of elijah so elijah represents christ eh? in an aspect and then the children of Israel represent the church you understand and the children of Israel are falling into idolatry you understand it you know that kind of a thing they're falling into idolatry eh? but then elijah locked up the heaven let's go back to the story of elijah let me not get into that theology right now so elijah locked up the heaven according to god's word in that third year the compassionate god aroused him because the compassionate god wanted to give rain elijah said in chapter 17 when he confronted ahab he said there shall be no rain but at my word the bible didn't say he gave a date it was after three after three years god now came and tapped him and he was just enjoying miracles and others were suffering <laughs> you understand that he was enjoying the miraculous hand of god in the woman's house and others were dying god say hey, 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 get up right now you know most of the time like that you men of god like us we are enjoying the blessings of the lord and the people in the universe are suffering the people are suffering it's time that god wakes some of us up it's time to rise up amen to save the universe i know that not every person is a universal prophet you know there are four kinds of prophet that you have in that book of first kings we give out the four kinds of prophets you have elijah who was a universal reformer yeah he was different from micaiah he was different from micaiah who was not a universal reformer but a local prophet he was a local prophet but both of them were different from the zedekiahs zedekiahs were prophets they, they were prophets of the king political prophets you understand what i'm saying they were not really you don't really that it's not just that they are false prophets they are prophets that prophesy for money they are king's prophets they are called prophets these are the chaos. Then you have the false prophets, the occult ones. They bounce. But if you like, you can categorize the other ones to false prophets. But they are not really. Because they were the prophets of the king. But you have the local revivalists, the, the Micaiahs. Elijah was a universal prophet. Some of us are just in you know, our local churches, so you don't see universally. You don't see universally. But there are universal prophets and universal ministers who are only interested. They are just there eating their food, eh? their miracles, enjoying miracles eh? in the homes and upstairs. God give them free houses. Eh? You have two places. You are living by miracle. Is that all? And other people are dying. And COVID is killing people. Someone have to arise up. You know, sometimes when some of us are talking, just like this our podcast, by the grace of God, it touches India, it touches Thailand, it touches Vietnam, it touches the Far East, it touches the United States, and people think we don't know what we are doing. No, that is what God is up to now. It touches Africa. You know, I have spoken so much about this and I'll bring it again. There are more than more than 4 billion people more than 4 billion 
Facebook has more than 2 billion people active. And then YouTube has more than 2 billion people. And the population of the earth is nearly 8 billion. So more than half of the world are in the internet. And more than greater number of the world are youth and upcoming. So you find out that the world is moving and the world is on the net. A young man told me that God has called him, you know, to reach to the youth through the social media. And I, I, I thank God for his life. I thank God for that calling. I thank God for that calling that God has called him. May God spoke to me something to speak to him. Praise the Lord. So God gave me a word for him as well. The word is not for the universal, for the universe, but God gave me a word to give to him. But as for his call, he is right. That is exactly what God has also called me at this time. To reach to the world. To reach to the billions of the people that are in the world. And that is what we are doing. Through our broadcast that we are praying to God to help us to have it. To have our broadcast network so that we can reach to our locality. And then apart from that local reaching the locality, then we reach to people far and near through the Goliath sword that is in our hand. Praise the Lord. So Elijah was eating in the citadel of the denominational church. But there were people dying outside. And God said, go and show yourself to Ahab. Come out of that place. There are many people with authority that can confront the heads of states. But they are there in their 50,000 capacity auditorium every Sunday. Performing miracles. But they cannot go and confront the kings. They have the authority to confront the heads of state. They have the authority to confront the states. This is what God is calling. There are people without authority. There are people, there are men of God in Nigeria, in Togo. There are men of God. If there is not in Togo, may God raise them. There are men of God in the United States. There are men of God everywhere. Even there are men of God in the United States that can address the president of Russia. There are men of God. That is what Pope is supposed to do. That is what Pope is supposed to do. Pope is supposed to look at any person in the face and address that person and not to stay inside Vatican. You lock up yourself like Elijah locked up himself in the citadel there and then what Elijah was doing was eating bread and then eating cake and enjoying himself when the people were dying. When the world is a famine. When there is no word of God. When people are dying. When virus is killing people. When the scientists are not allowing people to have freedom, you know that kind of a thing. When things are going wrong in the society, but Elijah was inside there. God tapped him and said, Come out from that place, go and show yourself to Ahab, go and confront the nation. Some pastors need to come out, prophets that are locked up in their denomination empires, 120,000 capacity. Yeah, wonderful. But there are more than 200 million in your country. There are more than 300 million in your country. Yes, and there are more than 8 billion people, 7 billion people in the world. Nearly 8 billion in the world. Aren't you thinking about them? 
You are just thinking about the miracle that God is using you to do for yourself and for the woman you are living inside. The child will die, you resurrect that person. It's beyond it. There is a reformation level. The world needs salvation. The world needs you know, universal prophets. The world needs people that will arise and tell the prime ministers of nations and tell the leaders of nations and tell presidents and tell prime ministers and tell chancellors and tell them, thus saith the Lord. You are the one that troubled us. Hallelujah. And when God called him to come out, you know, you don't know that that place you are there, you are hiding. And God told him to come out of that place. And then he came out. And then I went to confront, you know, a, to go and confront Ahab according to the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, the nations of the earth, because of idolatry, God punishes the nations of the earth. But remember, remember, I need to emphasize this. When Elijah prayed and there was a short heaven, he was living by miracle. So the fact that you, as a man of God, is living by miracle, it is normal to live by miracle. But for us to save, we must have to arise. Amen. The things Elijah did are the things that we should do for God to bring rain. When we are seeking the Lord, verse 36 of that facing chapter 18 tells us, and he says, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came and said, Let it be known this day that I have done this at thy word. So he found out that everything that he did were according to the word of the Lord. God wants us to learn of all those things. Amen. So we last God specifically told Elijah the process that will lead to the rain. I said that God told Elijah, come out from your church where you are and enjoying your miracle and be global-minded. Think about others on the street. Come out from that place. God is speaking to somebody. We are locked up. Come out from that place. Come out from that place. And then think about the 8 billion people in the world. See, I came to say that the world has not been saved. The moment that our podcast enters Samastipo in the state of Bihar, India, I went to the internet and checked. I found out that, that in Samastipo you have about 89 point something percent. 89 point something percent Hindus and 10 point something percent Muslims. Both of them combined, I remember, gives you 99.7%. I don't know the the point. I can't remember the point of uh, of uh, the Hindus, 89 point something percent. And the Muslim 10 point something percent. So in the in the uh, city of Samastipo, that is over 4 million people, over 4 million, you have only 0.3% of either Christians or others. Beloved, the world has not been saved. 
so you can stay in your church and then you are performing miracles and raising the dead and eating of the miracles there are people in the world that are dying of famine famine of the word of god they are dying they are in idolatry they don't know jehovah they are worshiping baal they are in the jezebel courts there are many of them and we lock up ourselves in our churches in our upstairs in our bungalows in our buildings there are people that are bad worshippers and we don't care about them they are dying they are going to hell but you have your congregation of the woman whose child dies and you raise up from the dead it is the god of miracle and god of wonder the god told elijah come out i am interested in entire israel i'm interested in entire world not only your church I'm interested you may say yeah that is an apostolic call you are also called to be that they support us they support us and pray with us so that this will come to pass put it in prayer you know that's why Elijah said I am alone in this because he was universal minded he was not thinking about himself he was thinking about the entire Israel and God said don't stay inside that place performing miracle come out and that is why we are praying for a restoration for massive crusades again they says they are not allowing us and we never allow us to hold crusades again as in the time of bunker the only mass media that we have is electronics media that is the only way and we cannot job the advertising our own churches but we must become global minded and know it that is why we are on world transfiguration mission when god was talking to me is not just a title it is a process it is just what god want to do to transfigure the world by the word of god and change this world and change the world by the word of god Elijah come out of your closet. Elijah go and meet Ahab. Amen. Go and meet Ahab. Praise the Lord. What are you doing with MOM? What are you doing it with? What are you doing it with it? Eh? Member of the British order. Member of the British Empire. Whatever. What are you doing with that? What are you doing with the connection that you have as a man of God? What are you doing with it? God said to Elijah, come out. Come out from the closet. Go and show yourself to Ahab. Number one, we must be ready to come out from hiding. Elijah had been in hiding. But it was time to make a bold declaration. A bold confrontation with evil powers. Let me now bring it down again to an individual level. You know, a time that you are ready to confront the devil. If you are going to move forward, you must be willing to confront the devil. You must be ready to confront the devil. It was time to make a bold declaration by confronting the evil powers. Verse 17 and 18 describe his encounter with Ahab. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, and that Ahab said unto him, Are thou he that troubled Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou have fo you know, followed Balaam. As I speak this, 
anyone that listens to it that is worship you know we have said in our podcast we have spoken there that is either you worship god or you are serving a spirit we say that behind every statue is a spirit and we say behind any sacrifice of today is a spirit is not god because god has done away with it so what we are preaching right now we are preaching to the world so that the world will hear it and when you hear it, tell the next person about it. Tell the next person. So we need to preach to the world. And tell the world, turn away from your wickedness. Turn away from your idolatry. Turn away from your impurity. Turn away from it. And it's more wonderful to preach it as you are preaching. Then let people read it. Let people hear it. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's what God, Elijah said to him. He said, you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord. Thou has followed Balaam. You have followed the enemy. You have followed Satan. That is why there is problem in the land. Amen. We must see the judgment of God in the things that happen. As a church, it's our duty. When science has seen it scientifically, we must see it scripturally. We can't allow science to be seen scientifically. I don't call people see it mystically. And we Christians, we don't see it scripturally. And we don't talk. So we see the word scripturally. Praise the Lord. When you see the word scripturally, you know that the word needs repentance. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Then, Elijah was to confront the powers of darkness. You want to confront the powers of darkness. Then there was the confrontation with the angels of darkness. The 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the grove. The special demonic agents of the king and queen respectively. He challenged the powers of hell to contest of supremacy and invited the people of God who had been swayed into idolatry to what a contest and choose whom to serve between God and Baal. Hallelujah. He said unto them in verse 21, uh, How long will you hold between opinions? If God be God, follow him. And if bad, then follow him. And the people answered not a word. You see, what we are breaking across is this. Within the period that God is bearing us long, we must be confronting all powers of darkness. That's what I'm bringing across here. To bring it down as it affects us. We must be conf confronting powers of darkness. Convincing ourselves that we do not need to be under double opinions with one leg in God and one leg outside. God wants us to be sure that He is all and all in our life. It is not today He gives us blessing and tomorrow we are off. So we confront all evil powers round about and we are ready to serve God. That is what we use the time that God is bearing us long. God watches us. God watches us. The period is the period that God wants a change in our life, in our relationship. So He goes beyond material blessing. He wants to be our all in all. The Lord showed by creation that He can do all this instantly. But ever since man left Him for Satan, when man returns to ask anything, God wants to be sure that we are serious. That is why he bears us long. 
and he wants us to do things right. Amen. We must show him that we are all in. Praise the Lord. Then the most crucial thing to do between the time God draws us to prayers to seek his face and then deal with the powers of darkness, the prophets of Baal and of the Asherah, the most important thing to do we find them from verse 30. One, Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken. We must repair all broken altars, our prayer life, our relationship with God. He did that with 12 stones according to the number of the tribes, verse 31. And this is very instructive because it, it involves is an all-inclusive you know revelation every member of the household god wants every tribe to be a part of the church i get what i'm saying think about this universally then you understand every tribe of this world every tribe of this world should be a part of the altar of god every member of our family should be a part of the altar of God. He brought stone. Every member of the village should be part of the altar of God. When we are holding deliverance prayers, every, every clan should be represented. Amen. God said, bring the 12, 12 stones to represent all the tribe of Israel. God is looking at all the tribes of the nations of the earth to build their church. The church of Jesus Christ should be the church of all nations. Elijah made a trench about the altar. Number one, he repaired the altar. He repaired the altar, you know, without a tribalistic instinct. Every nation on the earth to be involved. Every member of the family to be involved. As you are praying this prayer right now, you are carrying every person in the mind. Amen. Every member of your family, every member asking for the mercy of God. Because one person there, like Achan, can be a problem. So you pray for every member of the family, for every member, every state of the nation, every tribe, church. That's what we need to do. Don't say they are not my tribe. You know, church should be detribalized. Church is a detribalized center. Church should be detribalized. The president may not come from your own part of the world, but the church should be detribalized, like in Nigeria. The church should be detribalized. It is difficult, quite all right, when you see the injustice. But when we are praying as a church, we should ask for forgiveness of every section of the polity. That's what the 12 stones represent the 12 tribes meant. That's what it means. When we are praying for the universe, we should pray for everyone from the Middle East to the Asians, you know, to the Russians, you know, to the Chinese. Australians, Americans, South Americans, Africans, Oceania, Antique and Arctic, every part, East and West Europe, 
far and close East Asia, mid and far east. You know that Africa, North and South, every part, America, North and South, that's what the 12 stone is. We should be universal minded, we should be broad minded. In our prayer, we repair the altar, be broad minded, be more broad minded. You get on your knees, you, be, you are broad minded. They may not grant you visa to come to UK, but that does not mean we should not pray for UK. They may not grant you visa to come to United States. That does not mean that you should not pray for United States. Be broad-minded. As you are praying, do you know that people are praying now? We were passing by yesterday somewhere. And as we were going by, we passed by the front of a church. And then I was with another man of God. And then this, this anointing was oozing from there in front. I felt goose pimple in my, you know, I felt goose pimple all over me in front of that place. But after walking a little while, it disappeared. After walking a little while, it disappeared. Initially, I felt that it was because of another religion that was around that area. But when I came back again and felt it and passed by, I realized that the anointing of those people, they were praying only for themselves. They were not praying for the people around about them. You know, most of the time we are in church, we are praying only for our church, our own stone. We are not praying for others. So I realized that. I'm not saying they are selfish. But most of the time we spend our time praying for ourselves. You don't even remember your neighbor. The 12 toes means you have to be detribalized. You remember the Igbos. You remember the warriors. You remember the tribes. You remember all the nations of the world and pray for them. This is the attitude that Christians should pray. Almost every church is conducting prayers now. But most of the time, the churches are praying only for themselves. They are not praying for the world. The 12 stones, bring the 12 stones, represent all the world. All the 190 or the other bad countries of the world. Bring all of them and put them in prayer before God. That is what prayer is all about. That is why that God bears us long. Because there are so much to pray. Imagine when you bow down your knees and you are praying for the world. You say it does not matter. You say, let me pray just only here. Maybe because that we think universally. Maybe because we think universally. But do you know where persecution is going to come? Do you know where it's going to come from? Your prayer can save a life. Take up a tribe and put there. Take up a country. Just like, uh, uh, just like uh, the Greyers are and the Ethiopians are fighting. You take it up just like the Yemenis and the Saudi Arabians are fighting. Between Israel and them and the, the Palestinians, they are not fighting quite all right. But you know that there is always, you know, war there. You know, you know what goes on in that area. You know, now between the Russians and the Ukrainians. And then we learned that this guy gave uh, uh, this thing just a few days ago. Uh, 
the president of the United States and talked about small incursion. Which people are saying, no, there's nothing like small incursion. You know, this guy is going to invade that place and lives are going to be lost. You know, pray for all these nations. Pray for the peace of the world. As Christians, that the Prince of Peace will reign. Go back to one of our episodes, the Christmas episode, Peace on Earth. I believe that is what we need. We need to pray. Bring all the tribes of the earth and pray. That is why that prayer could be long. Elijah has not even started praying for the rain. They had to repair the altar. It can take months to repair the altar. It can take weeks to repair the altar to become acceptable. It can take weeks. Then you begin to pray intercessory prayer for other tribes of the earth. Praise the Lord. And other tribes and members of your family. Amen. Then look at the next thing Elijah did, verse 32. He made a trench about the altar. Now, that is a foundation for a new wall of defense around the altar. I'm going to explain what that altar is. You may have the interpretation, but I'm going to explain that altar is when we come to that place right now. So he made a, a trench around the altar, and that's going to be a wall. And I'm going to explain what that wall is. Praise the Lord. Then he put wood in order on the altar. The Bible says, verse 33, he put wood. He put wood in order. You know God is God of order. God is God of order. You know there is something about the wood. The wood has some representations. Remember, the wood represents the humanity of Christ. But you are going to see the other aspect of it. The wood represents the humanity of Christ. And of course, the wood represents us. So we must be ready to offer ourselves to be instruments of fire for the roasting of the sacrifice. Amen. Eh? The bullock, the bullock is burnt with the fire the wood produces. It burnt by the fire the wood produces. So how combustible am I as wood? Can our humanity produce the necessary fuel for the burning of the sacrifice? Can my humanity, our flesh, produce the necessary fuel for the burning? You can understand why that it bears us long. So the things that are involved in prayers for you to give rain, you prepare the order, you become detribalized, you dig a trench around about it, you put the wood in order, you put your life in order, you put your life in order, you put your spiritual and body in order, you put your senses in order, you put your consciousness in order, you put your natural aspects of you in order. It involves natural things. There are so many things we need to put in order for the miracle to come to pass. It does not come to pass overnight. There is things you have to put in order. Are you sure you have put those in order? God said he will give rain, but the altar is broken. God said he will give rain, but there is, you know, tribalism. There is hatred, bitterness. God said he will give rain, but the wall right about us are broken. God said he will give rain, and there is disorderliness in our life. Our life, the wood, is disorder, in disorder. It cannot burn. What is burning here? 
One, you know you have to bring wood together for the wood to generate you know fire you understand it and when our life is a bunch of scattered things like that flesh scattered yeah, disorganized yeah, disorganized yeah? the spirit is doing something else the mind is doing something else yeah? the soul is watching and then doing something else yeah? even your you understand that, uh, disorganized our human nature we need to put things in order there are things you need to put in order for God to give that rain. And that is what you use. The 21 days fasting. That's what you use. That length of period of time. To put things in order. That's why he bears them long. Before the rain comes. So that they can generate fire. It is too low to generate fire. Praise the Lord. Amen. And then. He cut the bullock in pieces. And laid it on the wood. We know who that bullock is. We know that he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. But can Jesus rest upon you? Can Jesus rest upon me? Can the sacrifice Jesus be laid upon me? And the blood of Jesus pour upon me? Can the sacrifice of Jesus? Are we ready to carry the cross of Christ? Are we ready to carry it? Oh, come on. Are you understanding this? Amen. Praise the Lord. And then Elijah said, Fill four barrels of water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and of the wood. Naturally, this becomes a fire extinguisher. Remember, it was a contest of who will bring down fire, whether Baal or God, Jehovah, without anything. But spiritually, this is the word and the spirit that will be poured upon the sacrifice. Huh? The wood. Amen. So, the water represents the word in the New Testament. And the word also represents the Holy Spirit. So, it both the word and the Holy Spirit that will be upon the sacrifice. And the wood. Both Christ and the human flesh. And the human vessels of the church. Are you getting that? Christ is the sacrifice. The wood represents us. Of course, the Bible says it's the Bible says the vessels of wood. You understand what I'm talking about? So we don't need to, you know, argue about the interpretation. So the wood represents us. So we are going to see it very clearly. Praise the Lord. Amen. But water will be poured. Naturally, they were doing it so that not to help God. And he said, do it second time and do it third time. The implication here is that he wants to make sure that every human assistance is removed eliminate every human assistance eliminate them every human assistance we are to be eliminated but as we also see here i mentioned it before it has to do with persistence we should go beyond one hour with god to two and three hours on the word and outpouring of the holy ghost amen come on is somebody hearing we cannot go on for two hours and three hours praying for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and things do not happen. Hallelujah. We need to put that water, the word of God, on the sacrifice eh? and then the wood and the altar. The altar is the place of worship. Remember, the wood is what burns it and the sacrifice is Christ. So you find out that we have the sacrifice Christ 
we have the wood, the members of the body of Christ, and we have the altar, the place of worship. Amen. The wood represents the people. The sacrifice represents the Lamb of God, Jesus. And then the altar represents the church. These three make up the true church of God. A place of worship, the people, and Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. And also spiritually, a matter occurring two or three times, especially in time of consecration, means of certainty. Jesus said, also, where two or three are gathered together in my name, he's right there in the midst of them. And he said that the matter is established at the matter of two or three weeks. So it means certainty. Amen. So we must make our prayer certain. We will pray one, pray again, pray another one. At least pray one prayer for three times. And then you are certain that you are sure of it. Pray one day, pray two days, pray three days. Concern that matter. And then you are certain. Pray for one hour, pray for two hours, pray for three hours. And then we are certain about it, amen. And he says, verse 35, And the water ran, ran about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. This was the wall. The wall was to be the water. The water was to be the wall of the altar, the church. And that water represents the word of God and the Holy Ghost. So we use the word and the Holy Ghost to surround ourselves. These are the things that we do in preparation for the blessing. These are the things. Remember, we have not started praying you know, for the water. We have not started praying for the word, for the blessing. We have not asked God for money. But you see the preparation for it. The preparation is enormous. Day one, you are repairing the altar. Day two, you are praying for the word. Day three, you are praying for, you are digging trench right about. Day four, you are cutting the bullocks. Day five, you are putting the bullocks on the other. Day five, you are putting the wood on the other. Day, day six, you are bringing that water and pouring. You pour water the first day. Eh? You pour water the second day. You pour water the third day. You are commanding anointing to come down. You are praying down for the anointing to come. Beloved, it does not come overnight. That is what he says. You pray and you faint not. When we have the revelation, you know that you can pray long. Because we don't have the revelation, it makes it difficult for us to pray. And then we think we just rush in and say, God, this year I'm going to be a millionaire. Yes, you're going to be a millionaire. God, I promise you that. But fix the altar and surround yourself with the water of God, with the word of God, and with the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Amen. It was after all this that you are surrounded that place and you are hedged. You are hedged. Satan said unto Job, Have you not hedged? Satan said unto God, Have you not heard Job round about? Have you not heard Job round about? You hate yourself with the water. You hate yourself. You hate yourself this year with the water. Hate yourself with the word of God. Hate yourself with the Holy Ghost. Hate your family with the Holy Ghost. Hate yourself. Hate yourself. That's what you do in that prayer. You have not asked. Most of them will just ask God to bless us. But we have not hate ourselves. You have not dug any foundation. There is no foundation. No foundation for the word. No foundation for the Holy Ghost. The wood is not in order. Eh? The, the sacrifice has not been caught. You can't interpret Jesus. You cannot interpret Jesus because cutting the bullock in pieces means interpreting Christ. You cannot interpret Christ. You don't have understanding of Jesus Christ. How can this thing work? You must have the understanding of Christ and put Christ upon your body and then the fire will come down and pour water upon it. Pour the word of God upon it. 
pour the Holy Ghost upon it. Praise the Lord. Somebody is now going to say, if that is the thing, these are the things you do in the secret. Now look at the public prayer. Do you do this one in the secret? Then the public prayer now comes. And then the public prayer was this. And then when the hour of prayer came, said, Let it be known this day that thou art God. And I have done all these things in thy name and thy word. Amen. I have done this at thy word. This was public prayer. It's just like Jesus Christ said it. You know, when he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, he said that, you know, I thank you, Lord, for you have heard me. And you always hear me. But for the sake of the people that are here, say I this. You understand that? Why did Jesus say it? Because Jesus had prayed within those four days. He had talabush. He has waited upon his father. He said, now nah, I thank you because so hear me. Public prayer is as powerful as what we have done. Elijah said, I have done all this in thy word. And what we use this long period of fasting and prayer is to follow this process. Praise the Lord. You listen to it. Amen. You listen to it and see what God will do in your life. Hallelujah. Public prayers is the last aspect of it. Public prayer is what we do for people to believe. But what makes the people to believe in the public prayer is what we are doing in the closet. You know it must have taken me time to prepare for me to come to give you this word. You know it must have taken me time to prepare. Amen. It didn't come overnight. It didn't come overnight. And the Lord is touching you and breaking every yoke. Every yoke is being broken. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. And then when everything has happened, then the killing of the prophets of Baal and the groups. The period of that is the period, the period that God bears us long, is the period of slaying every principality and peer and power of the region. We take authority over them. Elijah killed them, all of them. Amen. Every principality and power is a time to take authority over them. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Do this and God will give the blessing. It was after all this. Verse 41 to 46. Then the actual prayer for blessing now came. Are you now understanding? So before the actual prayer for the rain. Look at what Elijah did. God gave him the process. He didn't just come out and start praying for the rain. We have not taken time to take care of the principalities and powers and you want blessings to come. But I have promise that I'm giving to you. You have gone through bad situation for years. I tell you as you are connected to the anointing of this altar right now, the fire of the Holy Ghost will burn them and the glory of God will do them. And God will give you what you didn't achieve in 52 years, you will do them in 52 weeks of this year. What you did not achieve in 52 months, you are going to achieve in 52 weeks. What you did not achieve in 52 weeks, you will achieve in 52 days. What you didn't achieve in 52 days, you will take 52 hours to do it. What takes others 52 hours to do will take you 52 minutes to achieve. Remember, Philip was catapulted. You are going to have supernatural acceleration. God is going to give you supernatural acceleration. I believe God for you. What takes 52 minutes will take you 52 seconds. I don't know any other thing beyond second. 
You can then go and do any other thing, mathematics beyond second. But that is what going to have. That is the prophecy for this time. God has given us different prophecies, different prophetic keying in what we'll be praying for this year. For example, that God said, what I have done for you in January, I will duplicate, I will double in February. I will triple in March and I will quadruple and that way. So we know the prayers to pray. I had to pray for each year and that for each month. And we are talking about right now that God will give speed because Jesus said, if you faint not, he will answer you speedily. Look at how speedily that God answered. When the rain came, after Elijah has spent all the years, the rain came speedily. Hallelujah. By the time the land had been sanitized, the Lord sent the rain speedily. The Bible says in verse 45, and there was great rain. It was a great rain, a great rain, and it came speedily. God is going to bring a great blessing upon your life because you have waited upon the Lord. You have suffered for years, for three years out of school, for three years in problem. For three years, you have been suffering. But God is going to give you rain. You have taken six months. Elijah took six months. Can you take six months to wait upon the Lord? He took six months of not fainting. He took Nehemiah four or five months of not fainting. Are you getting what I'm talking about? He took Nehemiah four or five months of not fainting. What about you? Will you be able to give God four months or five months? But just this four months like this. God has already done something in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I tell you, receive it. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Indeed, make always to pray and not to faint. When we do not faint and go through all the process, then God, hallelujah, will open the heaven and blessings will pour down with speed in great abundance. Praise the Lord. This will be the portion of somebody this year. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I know that God has blessed you tremendously. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Remember, let somebody hear what you are hearing. Amen. Let somebody hear what you are hearing. I remain your brother, your host. Amen. Your regular host, the Lord brother, Apostle James Opabe, transfiguring the world by the word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many. You want to support us you can support us amen with delight in your support and god will also abundantly bless you amen right now we need your support amen god bless you see you next time hallelujah